Friday night, and here on Three Valleys Radio, it's time for the racing show. If you're into racing, then this is the programme for you. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top jockeys. Top trainers. So make sure you make a note. Friday night's racing show on Three Valleys Radio. On the show tonight, we have Mr. Rod Millman, who suddenly is a winning machine. After about seven or eight seconds on the trot, Rod's now had four winners on the trot, which is very good, and we're all very pleased for him. So we'll be talking to Rod a bit later on in the show. We hear from Steve Smith-Eccles on the early days of his racing career. Dave Wilson's here from Harlequin Racing. Colin Brown's here with all of his uh, amazing tips. Not that he did wonderfully well on weekend, he didn't, but um, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Let's be fair. And um, and we've also got a chat with uh, the King of the Jungle, no less. The first time we've had royalty on the show, Mr Harry Redknapp, talking to me about his activities with his horses. But now, let's get started, first of all, with a course, as usual, all the news from the racing media with Mike Patton. Hello and a warm welcome to All the News from the Racing Media. I'm Mike Patton and today all the news comes from Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. To kick us off today, here's our first story. Luckless four-year-old Wald Koenig is to miss the rest of the turf season after failing to recover from a foot infection that ruled out a summer campaign which might have culminated with a crack at the pre-delarc de triumph in October. The son of Kingman, who on Monday was available for 33-1 to for the Ark, has not been sighted since recording his biggest win to date in the Group 3 Gordon Richards Stakes at Sandown in April when he had the likes of Huckham in arrears. Trained by John and Thady Gosden, Ward Koenig is at his part owner's New Souls Park stud near Royston recovering from his setback, which may keep him out until 2022. Gary Coffey, racing manager to Newsels Park, said, Unfortunately, Walt Koenig picked up a foot infection before Royal Ascot and has taken a lot of time to recover. I don't know when he'll be back, as he's being let out at the moment, but it won't be in time to run on the turf this year. It could be that he has an all-weather campaign through the winter, but we'll see how his recovery goes. Walt Koenig, who New Sales Park stud own in conjunction with Gestut Ammerland, is a half-brother to 2019 ARC winner Waldgeist. The entry fee for the ARC is €8,300, and Coffey said, We paid the money to put him in the ARC literally the day before he picked up the injury. Hopefully he's now on the mend. And next up on the racing news, Noel Wilson is celebrating the first winner of his new training venture in the US, but admits he would return to Britain in a heartbeat if the right offer came along. 
He and his partner, Alex Porritt, flew to Florida early last year after Wilson was forced to hand in his licence in Britain for financial reasons after nearly 20 years. After working for several others, Wilson, age 54, began training in his own right three months ago and got off the mark when Molly's Hope landed a maiden climber at Gulfstream Park under Carlos de Lugo on Friday. He said, The filly is named after my mother and I've always liked her. She was one of five yearlings I bought privately off Calumet Stud. I was going to go to the Breeze Up sales, but they weren't really fashionable enough for that, so I said it was time to get a licence as I'd always wanted to get my own gig going. He continued, she was third five weeks ago, and she's really come forward from that run. She strengthened in the last few weeks, and Carlos, who knew her, said he was going to go to the front, and he got everything spot on. It was a maiden claiming race, but it was worth $37,500. He said, I'm not knocking British racing, but you have to be winning a Class 2 handicap to be getting that sort of money back home. Wilson is based in the training centre at Palm Meadows and said, It's an hour from Gulfstream and it holds 1,400 horses. Everything is free here. They shuttle you in and out of the track and when you run, you have no expenses by your own. We've been here three months and we've got seven horses, six two-year-olds and an older horse. An Irish friend in Boston is in with us, but it's tough going. We're doing it off our own bat and we have no grooms or any help. So we're doing the mucking out, the riding, the hot walking, the lot. I'm lucky I've got Alex. She's a real grafter. The heat is more of a problem than at Wilson's former yard in Yorkshire and early starts are essential. He said, with the humidity, it's like a 100 Fahrenheit every day. We get up at 3.30am and we're in the barn for 4am. At about 9am you get a bit of a breeze and you really need to be finished by 9.15 as otherwise it's just too hot. Once the sun gets up, you'll parboiling the horses. Wilson, whose next runner will be White Rose Spirit at Gulfstream Park on Friday, sent out just under 200 winners in his British training career. He reflected, I'm glad we made the move, but British racing is in your DNA and you miss your family and friends. If the circumstances changed or someone set me up in a good job, I'd be back over to train in a heartbeat. I know you're not going to be rich doing it, but we miss it. And now on to our next story. Garris made it eighth time lucky at group level when landing the Prix de Mutri at Deville for trainer Charlie Hills on Sunday. The Susan Roy-owned five-year-old, who was twice run in Group 1 company this season, finished a length and a quarter clear of Duhail under Loritza Mendizabel, who thought he might suit a Breeders' Cup tilt. It was great, said Hills. The jockey gave him a great ride, and he probably idled a bit in the front, but it's great to get this Group 3 win for him and for his owner. He's run some good races this year without winning, and wasn't beaten that far in two Group 1s. He continued, we just needed to drop back in grade and hopefully we can move forward with him. He's in the sprint cup next week, but that could come a bit too soon. We might find a group two for him somewhere and the jockey thought he'd suit the Breeders' Cup, but we'll see. Garris, who has six wins in 17 starts, was cut to 25-1 to 1 from 66 for the British champion sprint on Champions Day at Ascot. The Group 3 Barrier Prix Quincy and the Group 2 Lucienne Barrier Grand Prix de Deauville went to French train runners Dillawar and Glycon, a three-time group winner for Jean-Claude Rouget. 
And we're off to Ireland for our next bit of uh, racing news. Handicap level horses in Ireland have generally seen their ratings reduced by £2 after the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board's handicapping team moved to an address and apparent imbalance with pattern class performers. Gradual decreases in handicap weights have taken place at different stages of the season in recent years, with the latest shift, which came into effect on Monday, bringing Irish horses' ratings in line with international levels. IHRB senior flat handicapper Gary O'Gorman explained The IHRB flat handicappers periodically monitor the level of the handicap population during the course of the year. Historically, it's always been inflated during the course of the season and we find that the level is out of kilter with the international scale of ratings. The group and listed performers level, that's in comparison with the handicappers, would be different. We need to address that imbalance by bringing in an interim drop, in this case, of £2. He added, There's been a trend lately where top weights in premier handicaps, essentially group or listed horses, have been beating ordinary handicappers. This has happened, with the likes of Urban Beat in the Rockingham Handicap at the Corral, Frenetic in the Donorail Handicap at Cork, and Current Option in the Ahnura Handicap at the Galway Festival. There is a danger that where there's a difference in the levels, the level playing field is endangered if we do not do this drop. Leading racing analyst Kevin Blake believes the move ties in with similar procedures in the Far East. He said, I suspect we might be out of line with England, around the middle ranges. We're a little bit high and the adjustment is probably there to bring that back. One thing I would say is that they do the same thing in Hong Kong. It's a type of across-the-population adjustment that's almost a consequence of having a smaller pool of horses where you get inflation. There's an international precedent for this. O'Gorman added, There has always been a drop in the level of ratings. When I first started back in 1999, there would have been a £5 drop at the end of the year. In essence, that's still happening, but the method we've chosen in recent years is to apply it in increments or instalments. Dropping during the year, monitoring the figures, and knowing when to step in and do a drop to ensure a level playing field. A number of staying handicappers have been excluded from the reductions, with the IHRB handicappers comfortable with those current racings. We're happy, given their performances, especially in major English handicaps, that their level is on the international scale, said O'Gorman. We also don't drop two-year-olds and group or listed performers. It's purely related to the handicap level horses. In some cases we've dropped horses by £1, but in most cases it's £2. He added, The aim of the handicap is to give every horse an equal chance, and this is just to ensure that the two different categories of horses running in a high-class handicap, like at Longines Irish Champions Weekend, have a level playing field. And now on to our final story today. Trainer Ed De Gilles says a decision will be made on Tuesday about whether an appeal will be lodged against the Goodwood Stewart's decision to strip his runner Slatan of victory at the track on Sunday. The eight-year-old, who was bidding for a second victory of the season, finished in front of Luna Magic in the one-mile, one-furlong amateur jockey's handicap, but drifted slightly left on the run-in, and the result was overturned, and Slatan placed second. Zlatan's jockey Sophie Smith and Brody Hampson, rider of the Archie Watson train Luna Magic, argued their cases in a lengthy stewards inquiry, after which it was determined the interference had carried Luna Magic significantly off her intended line and the distance lost was more than the short head by which she was beaten.
Smith was given a two-day careless riding suspension, but said after the race that she did not agree with the decision and that an appeal might be on a way forward. BHA rules state connections have seven days to lodge an appeal against a race course decision at a cost of £500, which is returned if the appeal is successful, but only 48 hours if the appeal involves a jockey ban. Dajil is considering the options with owners Kaz Dagley and partners and told the Racing Post on Monday, we haven't made a decision yet. I'm discussing our options with the owners and we'll make a decision in the next 24 hours. The incident occurred two days after officials at Foslas overturned two results on the same card on a busy bank holiday weekend for racecourse stewards. And that concludes the racing news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening and join us again next time. Well, that was Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and, of course, the Sporting Life. Okay, well, let's have a look now and see where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well, we're going to start where there are seven races at Kempton uh, on the flat with a one o'clock start. Over to Ireland for Wexford, where there are seven races over the jumps with a 105 start. Haydock Park, seven races on the flat, 115 start. Navan in Ireland, seven races on the flat with a 120 start. Stratford, seven races over the jumps, 125 start. Ascot, seven races on the flat, a two o'clock start. Thirsk, seven races on the flat with a 215 start. And seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton with a 525 start. And then we switch to Sunday where there are six races over the jumps at Fontwell Park with a 1 o'clock start Perth, six races over the jumps with a 1.45 start York, seven races on the flat with a 2.10 start and there is racing in the US of A at Kentucky Downs but there's only one race and it'd be a bit late to get back for work the next day so we won't worry about that one, okay? Now we're going to hear from former jockey Steve Smith-Eccles as to just how it was getting rides in the early days of his career. Um, I, I can't... When you say how was it... Uh, so was Not it, less so, opportunities. No, they, weren't, they weren't, but... it That's the way it was in those days. You know, you, you didn't think, oh, well, that jockey's doing better than me because he's, he's doing something different or something's different in his sort of uh, yard or whatever. That was the way it was. You rode your horses for your trainer. Okay? Uh, once you started to get on with your trainer, riding winners and whatever, then you might start picking up outside rides. Okay? Uh, but you, you had to, you was like I was uh, apprenticed to Harry Thompson Jones for five years. Okay? So I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go and say, oh, I'm off to ride for this fellow, ride that horse or whatever. He was my governor, and I was beholden to him. So, without Tom Jones backing, I wouldn't be here. But luckily, he saw something in me, and he gave me the opportunity. And the horses that he gave me to ride, I gave him back his faith. Because I, I, I rode him the winners. And if I'm honest, to ride a horse like Tingle Creek, and I was only what? 20 odd 21 something like that uh, he was a very good horse 
I think he held about two track records at the time. Then all of a sudden, I'm 21 years of age, I get put on him, and I never sat on him before. Normally, when you ride a horses at, uh, for, for a yard, you, you, you'd ride them schooling or whatever. In actual fact, I tell a lie, I did ride him. I rode him one Sunday morning when Tom used to send his horses for a walk down the Snowwell Road. So I walked two miles uh, down the Snowwell Road and back on Tingle Creek. That's the only time I've sat on him. Seen him race a million times, obviously. And uh, I, I, I've watched the race on TV and I, I, I try and think what I felt like riding him. But yeah, I just, I can't. It, it, it was just, I don't know. It's amazing. And uh, the beauty of Tingle Creek is he never used to jump a fence like a fence. He used to hurdle fences. Okay, so rather than go up and down like that, he go like that and consequently he take off 10 yards this side and he like he land another 15 yards the other side and that was his forte his jumping in i didn't ride him too many times maybe six six seven eight something like that he never made a mistake incredible never made a mistake but in those days he uh the, they didn't used to water the tracks as much and that tingle creek trophy that they call the race now that was the Sandown pattern chase and that was a month before when the ground was really firm he would not win a race on soft ground no matter he put him against donkeys he would not win a race on soft ground but on rock hard ground or firm ground he used to love it and I used to sit steer and go with him well there you go that was former jump jockey Steve Smith Eccles uh, as part of a a uh, podcast that we'll be broadcasting under the title of Betting People. So keep your eyes open for that. It'll be on next week sometime. Just check out our Facebook page and all the details will be on there. Now also this week I was very fortunate enough to have a chat with Harry Redknapp. And uh, needless to say, the conversation of horse racing came around. And this is what Harry had to tell me about his horses. How did you get involved in horse racing then? Because I know you've got a few horses. Um, and yeah, a few too many. <laughs> I've got Paul Teddy. Have you? I've got horses in Shake Mohammed, I think, yeah. Yeah, and and who, who yeah, um, where, where are they? Who trains them? Everywhere, everywhere. I've got a couple with Gary Moore down in Sussex. I've got a couple with Ben Paul in at Stowe on the Wold. A couple with Fergal O'Brien down in Cheltenham. Uh, a couple with Simon Dow at Epsom. Uh, I'm all over the city, really. I'm really everywhere with them. But, um, no, it's my passion, really. I enjoy it. I enjoy, I enjoy horse racing. I love animals. I love horses. Yeah. I worry more about the horses coming back safe than anything else, really. Uh, but, um, and when they finish, when they when they finish racing, I make sure that I rehouse them, rehome them. You know, find yeah. somewhere from to live, somewhere nice, somewhere to look after them. It, it sounds as though the majority of, of your horses are jumpers, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got two flat horses with Simon Dow. Yeah. At Epsom. Uh, got a flat horse with Gary Moore. At, um, uh, uh, two flat horses with Gary, actually. At, uh, they're dual purpose, really. They yeah. will be. Yeah. Gary down in Sussex. I like yeah. Gary Moore. I'll get on well with Gary, I think. 
great racing family. Have a look at his family, you know. Yeah, yeah. Brian Moore, best you know, arguably the best jockey in the world. And the whole family, Jamie, you know, and Josh and Hayley, they're just all racing, great racing people. We obviously, or you know, this this interview came about thanks to Colin Brown, who who does a piece. Of, I've got a racing show on the radio as well, and um, that's how I'm, I managed to get sort of through to you, really. But um, I, I've got uh, a share. In, uh, have you heard of Hot to Trot Racing Syndicate? Yes. Yeah, I've got. I'm, I'm a part. I'm a part of one of them. So um, you know. Yeah. I, I've got, I've got the same passion that you have. Sorry? Who trains them? Uh, well, we've got six at the moment, um, and they're all over the place like yours, and I'm just trying to grab the leaflet, and I'll tell you exactly who does train them. Um, certainly one... Um, wait a minute, let's have a look. We've got one at Brian Meehan's. Um, yeah. We've got one at Roger Charlton, one at Ed Bethel, one at Charlie Fellows, one at Huey Morrison, one at Clive Cox, and one at Brian Means. So, right. so they're they're quite good, but uh, we got we got three yeah. three two year olds haven't run yet, so we're looking forward to them going out sort of in the, in the autumn. We had a winner at um, Newmarket last Saturday, actually. Melly Miglia won up there from Clive Cox's one. So uh, yeah, oh, I, I I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. I have to say. No, no, I love it. For me, a day out at Fontwell, a day at Wincanton, Newbury, I love Newbury. Yeah. Day at New, they're my favourite days out. And have you won any decent races yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've had good horses, you know. I've moved this guy, won the big sprint at the, the, the Goodwood, and he got beat, he got beat an inch in the Prix de Abbey and at Longchamp. Yeah. An inch, he got stopped three times in the last furlong. He would have won three lengths, and he got beat in a photo by a nose. And uh, so, no, I've had some, I've some nice horses. I'm looking forward this year to shake him up, Harry, with Ben falling. He's going chasing. He was a good hurdler. But we kept coming up against, uh, we, we got beat by all the top horses last year, come second, come second. Shiskin yeah. beat us at Newbury. Yeah. Shiskin is, Nicky Anderson, you know what Shiskin is, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we just got beat in the, in the Betfair hurdle. And we did every, you know, we, we win every big race. But we just kept getting chid by something. But he goes chasing this year, which is what he's dread to be. And we think he'll make a great chaser. So we're hopeful. Well, I should be keeping my eyes open for that one. Do you ever go to Salisbury? Yeah, not, yeah, I do. I like Salisbury. Salisbury's a great day out. Yeah. 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 No, I've always got one time. Back in the day when Paul Allen Ball, Mickey Shannon, they were always there. They were great days, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm off. I'm off up to Salisbury tomorrow, sir. So. I always think of Baldy when I go to Salisbury when I go to Ascot. Roy Ascot, Baldy would always be in the car park having a picnic in the owners and trainers there. Mickey yeah. Shannon. Yeah. What a footballer then, too. Yeah. I mean, Mickey was a great player. Alan Ball was a genius. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, you'll have to bring a few horses down to my neck of the woods because we've got um, Anthony Honeyball, Jack Barber, and Harry Fry, and I suppose Colin T- Tizard as well, all within sort of spitting distance of all, where I am. Oh, good. Oh, good. Tra- 
trainers. Yeah. Oh, I mean, fantastic. You know, Harry Fry, Noel Feely. I've got good friends with Noel when he used to write for, for, for uh, Harry Fry. But all, they're all fantastic. Uh, you know, I see Colin Tizard's going out in the range over to uh, Joe. Yeah. This year, Joe, Joe Tizard's going to take another big break. Joe's a lovely boy, lovely fella. Yeah. So is Harry. So is... Uh, Colin, I, I, Colin's been a great help to us with the radio, so, you know, he, he's yeah. smash, smashing yeah, great, great people. Yeah. Great people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that was the king of the jungle, Harry Redknapp, no less. First time we've had royalty on the show, that's for sure. But uh, keep your eyes open on our Facebook page because uh, next week, I think it'll probably be Wednesday, but it might be Tuesday. But uh, that'll get you listening both nights then, won't it? Uh, but we've got an in-conversation with Harry Redknapp, which is uh, extremely interesting, talking about his, uh, his early days in football and, of course, his time in the jungle. So make sure you look, keep your eyes open for that one. Now it's time to catch up with our three trainers. That's uh, Rod Millman, Jamie Snowden and Tom Ward. And as usual, we're going to start with Mr. Rod Millman. Well, good afternoon, Rod. Uh, nice of you to join us again. Um, didn't bump into you yesterday at Salisbury, but your two boys put up a good showing, even though they didn't quite win. No, they, uh, <clears throat> they both were well, disputing the lead until about 50 yards for the line. Yeah. Um, probably less than that, actually. And they, they picked up over £10,000 in prize money, so we can't complain too much. Oh no, that's alright then, wasn't it really? But uh, it was good racing yesterday at uh, Salisbury, albeit only a six card, uh, six race card. No, it was good. They they'd done a good job on the ground. Uh, the ground everywhere was fast, and they'd done a good job, and it was you know good safe ground. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, your winners. I mean, they, they keep coming. I mean, Devon Envoy last week at Chepstow, uh, Hurricane Helen yeah, at yeah, Foss yeah. Lash. You well, know, they come. That's right. Now the horses are running well. Um, We've had 33 winners this year, 34 seconds. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've had 60, um, 67 horses in the first two from about 220 runners. Well, that's not a bad strike that's rate, is good. it? Yeah. That's very good, really. Very good, indeed. And I thought, too, both both yesterday's runners certainly looked... They look beautiful. They look well, you know, turned out. I mean, I would have given them the best turned out. I don't know who the bloke was judging it for them, but, uh, I th- you know, they look really good. Oh, I don't know, but no, I was very, very pleased. I mean, the season's gone exceedingly well this year, you know. Yeah, really quite. Really pleased with it. And you've got a couple of runners over the weekend at Kempton and Wolverhampton. What chances have they got? Um, well. the fact that she's sort of is it a second race did you say it is yes it is yeah. uh, I think she's quite nice she's, she's a full sister to um, four a day um, and you know four a day is a very good filly she's won the three this year yeah. and you'd like to think this filly could be a similar filly next year 
And I, I always think, you know, purely from a betting point of view, you, know, you the first first two or three races, if you can get on them then and they do win, you, that's that's the time to get on them. So hopefully uh, it'll be the case with her. Well, hopefully, hopefully anyway. You know. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the, the season is sort of slowly drawing to a close now. Have you got many lined up now between now and the end of the season? Yeah, yeah we've still got 37 in work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll have a lot more runners. I expect we'll have another 50 runners this season. As many as that, will you? Oh, that's okay then, yeah. I expect so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and of course, the sun's out today on their backs. I suppose that helps to get cheer them up a bit. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Always does. Always the sun on the back. Yeah. Um, we definitely do a rain. A lot of my horses haven't run recently waiting for the rain. Oh, right, so okay. So if that comes through, we'll have a lot of runners, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's why the field's got small, really, because of the uh, ground. Mm. That's why. Okay then, Rod. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Quick catch-up always is uh, what the doctor's ordered. So uh, hopefully you have a good week next week and we'll speak to you then. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Rod. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was Rod Wilman down there in Columpton, still having a few winners on a regular basis, which is good for everybody. And uh, now we're going to pop up to Lambourne and catch up with Jamie Snowden. Well, good afternoon, Jamie. Um, how's it going? A couple of uh, a first and a second last week, so you're still keeping up your strike record. Yeah, thanks, Eddie. Yeah, that's no, good. Obviously, there's not a huge amount of jump racing on through August and September, so it's always nice to uh, to, to to keep a few winners ticking on when when there is a bit of racing, and and uh, all the winter horses are back in and 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 doing plenty ready for the season to really start in earnest, sort of come up with favour time. Is the ground being a bit firm causing you many difficulties? Well, there are some horses that like better ground and some horses that like softer ground. So um, the race courses through, throughout the summer do a very good job in watering the track and, and creating a, a good surface to, to run on. But um, certainly if you if you wanted soft ground, you wouldn't be running at the moment in time. No, quite. But, um, I mean, everybody generally considers the, the Chepstow meeting in October as the sort of the real start of the national hunt season. Is that fair to say? I, I think that is very fair to say, and, and um, you know we've got a few ready to sort of lined up to, to go to that meeting, and it'd be really you know having had a, a, a productive summer, it'd be lovely to, to really you know set, set set the ball rolling come come the autumn. What's what's your record number of wins in a season? Forty six. Forty six. When was that recently? Or uh, yeah, the, the season before COVID. Oh right, okay. So, just to get a, get over COVID now, then really, isn't it a question of exactly get over COVID and um, and hopefully start progressing. We have got plenty of nice horses around, and you know, very much looking forward to having 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 the season really going. Well, talking of nice horses, Guinness Affair. I take it the owner likes Guinness, does he? Uh, um, uh, funnily enough, the horse actually looks a bit like like a bite of Guinness. He's <laughs> he's he's black with a. With a, with a white face. Yeah. He's a, he's a beautiful horse. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's running on Sunday along with Between the wa- the Waters, is it? That's it, yeah. Yeah. Zero Between the Waters. What chances have those two got? Well, Guinness, Guinness is, um, he, he's, his career record is two winners from three starts. Um, he was second on debut and then he won a bumper and won, won over hurdles. So he's a, he's a decent horse. He carries a penalty on, on Sunday. Takes on another another good horse that's carrying a penalty as well, but um, I wouldn't be swapping our chap. He, he's a lovely individual. And, and Gavin Machine riding it again. Gav on, on Guinness, and um, and then Paige Fuller rides between the horses. Uh, and what chance has that one got? 
Yeah, I think he has. Yeah, he's um, he's not getting any younger, so he's not get, getting any faster. But um, he's down to a, a, a winnable handicap mark, and he's um, he's put in a couple of decent seconds recently. So it'd be nice to nice to see him getting getting his head in front again. And and you say you know obviously it's a fairly quiet time. Have you got much sort of lined up now between now and the end of September? Well, there's um, we won't have any. Well, there are no. There's no racing next week. Um, so there's another week of no racing, no jump racing. So um, mm. we'll have our owners owners party and have a, a good get together and um, try and get a, a, a few horses sold from that as well. Yeah. And um, and then and then really uh, there's a few there's a few meetings middle end of September. So we'll have a few runners ticking away there. But um, as you say, October is when it really all kicks off. And are you participating in this um, stable opening weekend? I think it's the 12th of September, is it? Yeah, there's the National Racehorse Week. Yeah. Um, the whole the, the whole brainchild of it is, is Richard Phillips has set it all up and um, the, the National Trainers Federation have had a, a, a big input into it. And the whole idea it really is to is to is to show off how well racehorses are looked after. Yeah. Um, they, they are, as as you and I know, they're they're, they're pampered and, and uh, you know pet and brushed and um, you know they've got chiropractors and physios and they've got you know farriers um, and water treadmills and swimming pools and yeah they've got everything they could ever need and, and, and want for and and the whole idea is to is to show that to the general public so um, yards are be, being encouraged to open so that uh, people can come and have a look around and and see see these wonderful animals and hopefully give people the opportunity to to see that that that, that program on tv uh, was really just a, a hopefully just a, a tip of the iceberg really or you know that it's not as bad as it might seem from that program no i think the program i think any, any, anyone who, who, who saw the the panorama program realized that it was nothing to do with racing really it was all to do with a, an abattoir that, that that had previous history and previous form yeah and yeah. obviously that's what needs needs looking at but um as far as racehorses are concerned thankfully um you know not much really arose as far as how how racehorses are cared for and looked after so um i think anyone oh i think everyone who, who saw the program realizes that uh, it, it really didn't bring racing into disrepute at all it was just the abattoir that has yeah. questions to answer yeah right but a lovely sunny day today does it is it advantageous to the horses to get them out in the field and let them get the sun on their backs yeah they love it and um, and as you say it's always always nice they've, they've obviously got their summer coats now um, it's beginning to get a little bit cooler at night so they've all got a thick rug on at night but um, yeah it's nice nice for them to get out and and uh, and have a bit of um, have a bit of sun on their backs. Good, good. Well, look, thank you, Jamie, for joining us and filling us in. Uh, hopefully, you have a, a successful weekend and uh, hopefully get a few pints of Guinness down your neck for celebrating the win. That would be lovely, lady. That would be very nice. Yeah. Okay, Jamie. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks, Eddie. Take Th- care. Thanks, Jamie. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden up there at uh, Lambourne, and he's been having a, a quiet time, but uh, a relatively successful one as well. Well, now it's time to catch up with our two betting experts, and first off, we're going to join Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Good afternoon, Dave. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, Adrian. How's yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. So, what have we got for us yeah. this week, then? Well, we'll have a look at three races at Haydock and two 
up at Ascot and one over the hurdles up at Stratford, which we think is absolutely thrown in. So uh, we're going to start off with Haydock and we're going to have a look at the 115 race there. And the horse that we like in this is called Hassock. It's going to be ridden by William Buick and trained by Charlie Appleby and he's currently priced up at 11 to 8 with William Hills. Now this is going to be the nap of the weekend and was heavily backed on its debut and run quite green. But it still run very nicely and it won by a good way and uh, the horse that comes second has since come out one by five and a half lengths and the horse that was third was an easy half length winner as well so the, the form is strong and solid there but the thing to note is that the horse that finished third behind has it come out on one and two of the horses that finished behind him have also come out on one now this fellow is bred in purple by Jabari and is out of a mare called Cushion, who's by Galileo. So you've got the very best of uh, Mac 2 breeding there, and you've also got the best of the Irish boys breeding. And uh, this one fetched 2.1 million in the sales ring. So, uh, cheap, everybody. Really. Yeah, and uh, it's one of them uh, that you like to buy one, get one free when you go to Tesco's, but unfortunately, yeah. we don't do it on the expensive stuff. <laughs> no, I, I must admit, I've not noticed horses at Tesco's of late. <laughs> Okay, fine. Moving down the card to the 330, we've got uh, Starman, who we like here, written by Tom Marquand and trained by Ed Walker. Priced up at even money with Bet365 at present. Uh, he's, he's had eight races to paint and he's won six of them, but the thing that we've noted is that twice he's been beaten, it's been on soft going, and obviously he's got the firm growing under his feet again at Haydock there uh, Saturday, and uh, obviously this fellow won the July Cup back in uh, at Newmarket up in July and uh, won it in tremendous style big Dragon Symbol Ofsted and quite a few of the other good sprinters there so uh, not quite betting odds at evens but he's got the firmer surface under his feet and he's unbeaten on it and we think he'll win this race in some style and he's one of them that his handicap mark is a little bit higher than the rest of them in the race and they're all running off the same weight so uh, it looks well in on the weights as I say so even money with bet 365 style Radio. Moving down the Haydock card to a 405, one with better few times. Stone of Destiny, going to be ridden by Sylvester D'Souza, trained by Andrew Borden. Uh, dropped £2 by the handicapper from his last run, and uh, he's run some very good races in defeat this season. He's been in the King's Stand at Ascot and was only beaten four lengths by Oxted, which was a Class 1 Group 1 race. And then he finished six in the Qatar Stakes up at Goodwood which was a Class 1 Group 2. And as you say, he's dropped down into a Class 2 handicap for this race. He's not a prolific winner, but he's been eased in grade, he's been eased by the handicapper, and he's got everything pointing in the right direction for him. The only thing to note is this fellow is sometimes very slowly away from the stalls and gives himself a bit of a headache to catch the others up. But his opening show is 10 to 1 with William Hills, and he's worth getting on each way there. They're playing three places on the race, so Stone of Destiny in the 405 for an each way bet. Moving up to Ascot, we've got two that we like the look of here. The first one's in the 310 race, and that's Warran. Uh, Going to be ridden by my favourite jockey, Ryan Moore, and trained by Sir Michael Stout. 
Price Club at the moment are three to one with Bet365 and Skybet. Now the thing I liked about this fellow, he comes fifth last time out behind Migration and Sinjari up at York, uh, and that's the race where we had a nice bet on Migration. Now this fellow dwelt at the start and got in a bit of trouble early on, and then two furlongs out, he didn't get a run between the two furlong pole and the one furlong pole, and he had nowhere to go. And then when he did get loose, he finished the race full of running. So he's stepping up to a mile, uh, an extra furlong and a half on what he's done before. But we know he's got a good turn of speed, and three to one looks well worth having a small bet on him there. And he also holds uh, good form over the second favourite in this race through uh, Aerian Powers lines of form. So he should be in front of that one. And uh, as I say, we think he'll run very well. And he's another one that's out of a Galileo mare, so he's certain to stay the trip there up in the up at Ascot Warrand. Moving right. down the card to the moving down to the three forty five at Ascot, we've got Ripoff and uh, he's gonna be ridden by Johnny PT, a seven pound claimer and trained by David Ellsworth. He's been off the track for nearly two years and he had a comeback race at Sandown a uh, week and a half, two weeks ago. And what we like is this horse has won off of a handicap mark of ninety three in the past. And he's now racing off 87 plus £7 off of the jockey. So he's racing off at seven, uh, 80. So he's actually £13 below his last winning handicap mark. Uh, as I say, the jockey on board, Johnny Peaty, he's got 79 rides under his belt, 11 winners, 14 placed efforts, and he's got a 19.75% strike rate. And this fella is priced up at 11 to 1 with Betfair paying three places, or 8 to 1 with Skybet paying in the first four places. So, 3.45 at Ascot, rip off. Well, I hope it's not. Then we've got... No, I hope it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got one that we're going to be putting in our multiple bets. Uh, he's running the one for the horse called Campront. It's going to be ridden by TJ O'Brien and trained by Philip Hobbs. His paper price at the moment is 8 to 11, and we priced him up for this race around about 1 to 5. Now, he ran up at Aintree last season, and he ran Roland's Water half a length, who was a good class one, class two type of horse. And in behind that day, he had seven winners that came out after that race and have won. And he then went up and he had a race at Market Raisin, which he won by 17 lengths. And then he came out up there again, and he was fourth, beating a length. Now, he was beaten that day by two horses in particular, which are hanging, hanging there, and Valentino Dancer. And they're both very classy horses. And Valentino Dancer has come out and won on the flat since. And Hang In There is a previous Class 1 Grade 2 winner up at Cheltenham, up in the January meeting last year. So uh, the form looks very, very strong for Comprend, and the race looks very, very weak. And another thing to note is Comprend's also won three times on the flat over in France, so obviously he's no slouch. And uh, as I say, we rate him around about a 1-5 to five shot, tissue price in the papers, 8-11. to 11. So uh, he's one that we'll be adding into our multiple bets and what we're doing with the other horses. And uh, if he is around 8-11, to 11, we'll certainly be having a single win bet on him as well there. So that's what we've got for you for the weekend, mate. And uh, hopefully there'll be a fair few winners in there for everyone. Well, let's hope so, Dave. Thanks ever so much, mate. We appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Well, Dave. Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Well, that was Dave Wilson, part one of our double header, and now, of course, you know what comes now. It's the cheeky chappy in an awful rush today. It's Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin. Nice sunny morning for a change. Beautiful morning, isn't it? Fantastic. It really is. I'm at Ascot, of course, uh, today. 
and uh, looking forward to great racing over the weekend. We've got Ascot, Haydock, Kempton, Wolverhampton, Thirst. We've got Stratford. Um, we've got plenty of racing on in England as well as in Ireland over the weekend uh, 80s. So, yeah, I, I quite fancy one or two. Actually, at Kempton, I fancy one or two at Haydock. Good. Well, let's hope they're winners. Let's, let's get started then. Where are you going to go first? I think we'll start off at Haydock, if that's okay with you. Yeah. And um, in the first race at Haydock, uh, it's a, a two-year-old race, a listed race, um, and there's a couple of pretty nice horses in this, but an interesting runner here called Hathit from the Charlie Appleby Yard, and he's thrown this one in at the deep end because the other horses in the race you know, have run a few more times and have won uh, a couple of races each, but I think Hathit, number two, will take the beating in the 115 at Haydock. Right. Moving to the 145 at Haydock, um, John Marquand's up there today riding for uh, William Haggis. But you know, in this race, I quite like old Lord Glitters. What a great horse he's been over the years. And sadly, his owner, who was a great racing enthusiast, died a couple of years ago. But Lord Glitters runs in his colours, in his family colours. And I think Lord Glitters will take the beating in the 145. I really think that has got big, big chance. Okay. We're going to keep with Haydock Park, Haiti, because it really is fantastic racing up there. You know, they've got um, some really good handicaps, and they've got the Old Borough Cup, which is always a race which, um, you know, takes <clears throat> a little bit of winning. And uh, what wins it this time? Well, i tell you what, there's a horse running in it that's right down at the bottom of the handicap. Polydor does eight stone two wet through, and it's called... Noble Masquerade, which I think could easily run a massive race there. Noble Masquerade in the 255. And I've got one more bet for the listeners up there at Haydock, and that's the horse that runs in the uh, Sprint Stage, excuse me, the British Champion Series Group 1. Um, and it's been working the house down at home, and that is a horse called Starman for Ed Walker. Top Mark Grant, that would be his best ride of the day. What a horse he is. He's a really good horse. What Royal Alaska um, and will take the beating today. Number five, Starman in the 3.30. Okay. I've, I've got a little bit of information just over at, um, at uh, Lingfield Park, actually. And at Lingfield Park, in the one o'clock, I was at Lingfield the other day, there's a horse one there called Tiger Bay. And, you know, he just impressed me, this horse. He's a horse that won on turf about five runs ago, but he was very impressive the other day, and I think Tiger Bay will win the one o'clock at Kempton. I really do. Well, hang on a minute. You said yeah. Lingfield. You mean Linfield or Kempton? At Lingfield. No, I meant Kempton, actually. Sorry. <laughs> it was an all-weather track, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Come Area on. Get a grip, Brown. Get a grip, man. So, hang on a minute. Let's, let's go back to square one again. So, Kempton. Right. Yeah, in oh. the first race. One o'clock. It's called Tiger Bay. Tiger Bay, right. Yeah, one o'clock. One o'clock, listeners. Sorry, here's me thinking of Lingfield being the all-weather. Yeah, of course, Tiger Bay. Then the second race in the 130, there's a horse called Noisy Night, trained by Roger Charlton. I think this one will take an awful lot of beating. I really do. Um, and uh, this one, um, I think, will go very, very close. It's called... Tie a noisy night in the one thirty. 
Okay, fine. Also in the 240 there, Hookum is the horse that's uh, really coming up through the ranks. Jim Crowley rides this one for um, Mr. Burrows, um, Owen Burrows, and I think that one will take a bit of beating as well. And then you've got the Unibet London Mile Series Final Handicap. What a race that is. I mean, gosh, there's some very good racing there at uh, Kempton for Saturday's racing, but I'm not quite sure what will win that. looks too difficult to me. I'll let, leave it to you. Maybe you can sort out the winner. But that's my... <laughs> they're my three at Kempton. Okay, fine. Now, Stratford. I was asked to go to Stratford, actually. Um, for some reason, but I've got to go to Ascot, so that's where I'll be. Just keep Mary informed where I am. Hope yeah. she's okay. I spoke to her for a little while. Hope she's still betting away and making a few quid. I'm sure she is, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Especially with a you know a, a godson like you in the background. I mean, what what more could you ask for, really? Well, she couldn't, couldn't she, really? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Mary. <laughs> right, let's have a quick look at Stratford. Uh, what wins at Stratford? Um, we do have Brian Hughes there. We've got Sam Twist and Davis. All the top jocks are riding there at Stratford today. Um, in the 155, uh, there's a horse called Hooper, ridden by Ben French Davis, who claims £7. And I think that might win, actually. Hooper, um, not Hopper, Hooper yeah. in the 155 at, um, at Stratford. I think that one's got a pretty serious chance. There's um, quite a few runners in some of the races, and there are not so many in others there at Stratford. But I tell you what, there's um, a horse called Romanor who loves this track. He's won tw twice there now. I think he might win again the 4.15, horse number one, Romanor, uh, for the sable of Seamus Mullins. Romanor for Seamus Mullins, I think, in our, uh, our uh, 4.15. And just... One to mention at Stratford in the 450, number one, Paddy Pussy's Taxi, written by Sam Twiston Davis. Sam done right for, uh, for um, Neil Mulholland that often, only if he really fancies one, and I would say that one is well fancied today. Right, we're going to get to Ascot, listeners, because I've got a four good bets for you. Ascot, and this is one for your doubles and trebles, and it's going to be odds on, but I always stick an odds on shot for think it's a certainty in one of my doubles and trebles, and it's called Halatebi in the two o'clock at Ascot, it's trained by the Gosden team, written by Jack Mitchell, it hacked up the other day at Newbury, and I think it will win again today, so it's Halatebi in the two o'clock at Ascot. Right. Second race on the card is a beautifully bred horse. Listen to this. It's out of a mare called Bound. And when Bound went through the ring in foal to uh, its progeny, Bouquet, that runs in the 235, it made £2.2 million. Pounds. That's a few quid, isn't it? Yeah, and um, it, 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 it's, uh, when I last looked, it was about 5 to 2. I think it will definitely win the 235 at Ascot. Uh, what's it called, Colin? It's called Bouquet. Ah, oh, nice of you to chuck that bit in. Yeah, no, don't mention it. Oh, no, <laughs> um, what else wins there? Looks blooming hard, actually, in the next handicap. Although there's a horse called Chalkstream, owned by the, uh, Her Majesty the Queen. It's drawn a bit wide, but um, it'll have to be quick away or drop it in early doors. 
short stream, I think, of go close to the 310 could be an each-way price. And same applies in the 345 listeners to a horse called Ripoff, trained by David Ellsworth. Had a little run the other day, just to put it straight, and run for a little while. Um, and that runs in the 345 race that it's uh, won in the past. And it also won the Victoria Cup. So 345 at Ascot, horse number eight, Ripoff, back in each way. Okay. Now, it's, this sounds easy, doesn't it? In the four fifty-five, yeah, um, there's a horse called First Edition that I think will win. Clive Cox's number five, First Edition. Non-runner. And, non-runner. Oh no! Well, I checked it just ten minutes ago. All right, non-runner. All right, doesn't matter. Clive will win the last with mine. The double Clive Cox is also grateful. Follow them, they are in terrific form. And ladies and gentlemen, that is your lot for uh, Friday night's uh, lovely radio show with the great uh, DJ AD Hopper. Well, thank you very much, Colin. So, uh, what was the last one? Co- uh, Clive Cox's horse, where's that gone? Mine's, oh, I've got it. Yeah, here we go. Mine's a double. You've got it. Mine's a double. That's what you probably say in the bar when you're not paying. Uh, well, I'm not playing, yeah, quite frequently. But, uh, well, you know, you've got to make a stand, haven't you? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to make a stand sometimes. Yeah. Get a large one in when you're not paying. I yeah. quite agree. Yeah. Well, you'll better get a few large ones in this afternoon, I expect, at Ascot. So, uh, you know, just take it steady. I would do. Lovely to speak. Take care, listeners. Have a great weekend. Mary, you take care as well on that bike. And we'll speak to you all soon. Thanks, Colin. Speak to you next week. Well, that, I'm afraid, is more or less it for this week. Um, just to remind you to look out for In Conversation with Harry Redknapp next week on Three Valleys Radio and also Betting People with Steve Smith Eccles. So, until next week, thank you very much for listening. Please join us again next week. Same place, same station, same time. Until then, this is A.D. Hopper saying... Bye for now. This is Three Valleys Radio. And you've been listening to The Racing Show. Every Friday night at 7 o'clock, we bring you all the tips, all the trainers, all the jockeys. And above all, Colin Brown. So make sure you join us every Friday night here on Three Valleys Radio.